0: Hey, and welcome to another episode of social pr secrets. My name is Lisa Bayer and I will be your host. Today's guest I want to welcome Mickey Kennedy. He has been a regular in my inbox for more than 10 years. Mickey is the founder of e-releases. It's a press release distribution service that's been on my social pr secrets list for over a decade. In today's episode, we get to the bottom line of why press releases are a critical part of a publicity strategy. You might hear rumors or maybe see clickbait headlines saying the press release is dead. Nope, false, not true. Mickey created e-releases 22 years ago to give small businesses access to the media and to a national newswire, all with a personal touch. Listen in on why and more importantly, how press releases are the backbone of earned media and a proper PR campaign. Mickey and I share actionable tips on how to optimize your digital PR results in Google and also with the media. Welcome, Mickey, and get ready to take notes or head over to the show notes for all the resources you need to level up and earn more media. Hey, Mickey, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are
0: you? I'm great. So I'm excited to have you as my guest. You are the founder of eReleases, which I've been using this distribution service for press releases for, I don't know how many years, maybe 10. And we're finally actually meeting face-to-face. So welcome.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk about bigger picture, the ROI of press releases today and your kind of take on that. But before we get into that, can you tell us how you started with e-releases and a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. So about 25 years ago, I was in grad school doing an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. So I was assuming that I was going to be waiting tables the rest of my life. But the first summer I waited tables and realized I'm better suited for a desk job. So I got a job with, the telecom startup And I I did a lot of things, but one of them was program a fax machine to send out press releases. And so it held a hundred numbers we had 190 journalists we needed to reach. So I would program a hundred numbers, hit send. It would take all day. The next day I'd delete those numbers and put another 80 or 90 in and hit send again. And because we were publishing numbers and statistics, we started to get uh, phone calls from journalists saying, could you just send us that as a word document and email it over? And that's when the light bulb went off and said "Email." seems a natural way to send releases out. And so I spent about a year contacting journalists and asking if I could send them press releases by email. And almost all of them said yes. I mean, it was, I guess that was about 23 years ago, quite novel. And so when I launched, I had almost 10,000 journalists in my database that I sent to. And over the years, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also send your releases through us. And I'm like, well, my customers are paying two to $400 on average each, and you're charging $1,000 to go out nationally. And so we it went back and forth. One of the things that we did was schedule all of our releases by default for next business morning. And that allowed their overnight team that really didn't have much to do to work on our releases. So there wasn't the additional labor. And so all of our releases get a custom U.S. national distribution over PR Newswire, and you don't have to pay $1,000 for it to go out there.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I've been in the PR world for about 23, 25 years. I had a PR agency the whole time. And I can remember the days of faxing, which is so crazy. And I was just actually talking to somebody about fax machines and how, you know, asking asking Gen, Gen Z are millennials to email something is almost like asking somebody today to fax something. They just don't communicate necessarily via email. You have to meet them where they are. But back in the day, fax machines were the um, the most efficient way to do things. But I can remember when MarketWire and BusinessWire and some of these wire distribution services became a little bit more accessible and affordable. And then I remember discovering e-releases. And how would you best describe the difference between e-releases and the other choice choices out there. I mean, I I have my reasons why I, I love you guys, but what would you how how do you differentiate yourself?
1: Well, I I, I use Business Wire and PR Newswire and Internet Wire and then Market Wire and Bounce Globe News Wire. So I I've, I've tested all of them. I I still feel that the PR Newswire being the oldest and largest gets the 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 most coverage and uh, but I do think that Business Wire has gotten pretty comparable. I think Globe Newswire still has a ways to go, at least for me and my experience with non-stock related press releases. But, you know, that that being said, I'm sure all the news wires are 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 good. They do a pretty good job of, of getting you out there broadly, but at the end of the day, it's it's what you're sending out the actual content that determines whether you you're going to get major coverage or not.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what I love about e-releases is that I feel like it's a great blend of journalists that actually subscribe and I know that they receive the press releases because I get responses from them and then it gets indexed by Google, which people, journalists are starting or ending their search with Google to begin with. So you want to get in Google. So I I, I really love it because it's it's budget-friendly and it's also a perfect blend of reaching the actual journalists and then reaching Google and your audience that would be searching on Google. Right. But as far as a press release is concerned, there's this kind of always this debate, Our press releases dead? Is SEO dead? And can you just kind of break down in your words, the purpose of a press release to start out with?
1: Yeah, I think the purpose is just to get uh, an announcement out to the media with the hopes that they will feel it's interesting enough that they'll want to share with their audience and turn it into an article. Mm -hmm. I've seen a preoccupation in years past where there was this like a cold war between the newswires trying to get more syndication of your press release, where that press release be replicated on several different websites. And it got to the point that people thought that was the goal of a press release and uh, they've backed off now and and they're moving away from that. But the real goal is to have articles written about you or to be interviewed for radio or TV or, or, or something could even be a podcast or a blog. And I've even seen some social media influencers in the fashion industry that are taking releases and and promoting that on, on their channel. So It is many varied thing, but it it is, it is something that works well and it, 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 I think it continues to have a life as long as it works. And it does seem to be a place that a lot of journalists pull material from. I know some people like help a reporter out or Harrow, but there's a lot of noise there. And the people that I know who used it, most of them have stopped because the competition's too great. When you have uh, one, they're looking for one small business and you have four to 500 people all submitting that they'd be good candidates for it, you, the odds aren't, are not no longer in your favor. but. In In the case of the average journalist, they don't have the time to take every story they're working on and build a helper reporter out. They're just perusing the industry news feeds and just seeing what's out there that they could develop a story for. And so press releases, I think still serve that purpose. And it's still a great way to to reach journalists directly.
0: Totally agree. And there is a a place for personalized pitching and reacting to the helper reporter out or the, the media. They'll put out something that they're looking for, you know, somebody to interview. And then there's the balance of using paid distribution like e-releases to get the word out very quickly through search and also directly to the journalist. So kind of talk about the paid distribution side and what is what does that look like? How do you know, somebody isn't familiar with the paid distribution like e-releases, how does that
1: work? So in our case, we send the release to the subscribing journalist directly through email. And then the other component is the Newswire distribution that's through PR Newswire. And that's mostly electronic electronic syndicated to newsrooms, used to be intranets that would would pull up on their computers and stuff like that. Now there's a lot of login access where journalists can go in, just view the fashion feed if that's what they cover. And the great thing about it is they can customize it. So they can put in, I only want these keywords or I want to exclude certain keywords so that the feed becomes very relevant for them. And it, it makes it something that they go back to again and again and review when they're looking for a story idea and looking for someone who might be a good fit for for writing about.
0: How do you make sure that you have the most current media and journalists kind of connected with e-releases, and they're on that the the back end of the distribution? Is there some sort of a best like a process you go through every couple of months to make sure that everybody's current?
1: Sure. So what happens is, as soon as the email bounces, we try to reach out and figure out who they've been replaced with. We do have access to CISION's database, so we can look in there and try to do some research and, and stuff like that. I find that that's the most important because. Just generally when someone leaves, someone else has been placed in charge. So they're good. They're used to a transition. So if you say, Hey, I used to send releases to Bob Evans, you know, who, who would I send that to now? And they say, Oh, send them to me. So we find that works really well, but it is something we just stay on top of weekly because we don't want those to get really old or anything like that.
0: You must see a lot of press releases come through on a daily basis from all different types of brands and businesses of all sizes. So tell us some of the tips that you can give to our audience. What are some of the strategies today that really work? And what do you see that's being done that is really kind of not working?
1: Right. So the, the press releases I hate the most are the ones where it's a new hire and they're not very strategic outside of maybe a trade publication in a local newspaper, there's probably not that many people who are interested in this new hire. With the exception if it's an important news hire or it's a, someone who's really well known in the industry or something like that, that would be a big exception. But I, I see so many people pay for a release like that to go out. And I just feel like, uh, you know, sending out a release is not cheap. So try to do something a little more strategic. What I've been really excited about over the last couple of years is I've taken a lot of clients that either aren't having results or I know that they're not going to have a lot of results and get them to do something where they sort of create the news. And a good way to do that is to build a survey or study and get that out there. And generally if the media sees a a few hundred responses in a survey, they'll, they'll publish it, whether it's statistically accurate or not. But we had a Pennsylvania auto repair shop that had lost its website because they were paying for a brochure page with their yellow page ad and that went away. And so they put a new website up and they weren't ranking in any searches. So they had been told by SEO guy that to get some links from authority sites, automotive industry would be good. So that was their goal. And so we put together, I had them do the survey, but I advised them on what to do. And uh, I I told them to partner with a local or independent auto trade association. The small ones don't get a lot of love and they love to be promoted. So if you say, hey, I've got this survey, will you send it out to your members? I can mention you, even co-brand you in the press release I'll be issuing. That really excites the the, the small independent trade associations as opposed to the big ones. And so they did that. They got several hundred responses. Another suggestion I have is always throw two left field questions in there that are a little odd. Generally, those are the ones that work out. And in their case, it was just an open field that said, what's the strangest thing someone left in a car while it was being repaired at your shop. And we had a list of, I think, over 50. And those were the things got picked up. They didn't pick up all 50. Some picked up 25, some picked up 10, but they just loved it because there's a story behind everyone. Uh, a boa constrictor, someone called the shop and said, we left grandma in the car. And they're like, there's nobody in the car. And they're like, well, it's, an urn in the back. And so her memorial's tomorrow. So we really need to get that. So there were a lot of little entertaining stories like that. They entertain, they delight. There's also other numbers that the study produces, but uh, it's a way for a local auto repair company to basically manufacture news. And they got picked up in almost 10 auto trade publications, which was really good for them. Even their local newspaper ended up picking it up. And so it it was a, a big win for them. And so that's something that I feel that's strategic. And that's something that anyone can do with minimal effort. I mean, there's SurveyMonkey, there's Google Forms, they handle the processing. So you don't have to add stuff up or pull out your calculator. It makes it really easy to sort of put you in charge of putting a study together. And if you are a little creative with the questions, you can really get some mileage out of it. And I think that's where I use my creative writing background, where I, I just come up with these ideas that I think make great questions.
0: That's awesome. So the press release would be on the study or on the survey results, is that right?
1: right correct. Maybe and you, you, would get, you would get mentioned and your links would get included in a lot of the articles that get published.
0: And maybe you could um, send us some examples of some of these press releases just to get an idea. I think that would give a good visual okay. and we'll put those in the show notes, but I love that idea. And so I think also people probably don't realize that they could call and just say, hey, what do you think about this press release topic? And that you guys would even give them feedback.
1: Yeah. At, at eReleases, everyone that works there is an editor. We have no salespeople. We have no quotas. There's no commissions or anything like that. We're just there to help people. And we will assess the situation. And if we feel we're not a good fit, we're, we're very honest about that because there are some industries that the Newswire restricts the coverage or doesn't really go out as broadly as others. Alternative medicine and healthcare stuff is one of those areas. There's been a lot of back and forth about cryptocurrency and things like that. So there, there are industries for whom we may not be a good fit. And we're very upfront about that. Or we let you know that the distribution may not get as, as large uh, of a play as a result of that. And we look at releases, we look at the, the ideas you have or the things that you're considering, and we can definitely provide some positive feedback or some feedback that we feel would ultimately help you.
0: Yeah, I love that. Hello? Oh, wait, is this thing on? Hi, it's Lisa Beyer. I just wanted to tell you really quick, I'm launching a course called Modern PR Secrets, and I wanted you to be the first to know. You can check it out at thebuyergroup.com under resources. Now let's get back to this interview. One of the things that I guide my clients with is you you have a word count. I think it's like four hundred to six hundred words, and then it's extra for whatever. And there's a reason for that because you don't need to have this long, lengthy press release. You can, you know, I like to say write like a journalist and make sure that you're not burying the lead. That you're getting right up front with the the angle and the grabbing the audience into the the details of it. So, do you have any advice on the structure of a press release and how you see it best to be formatted
1: Yeah I think that having a great headline subhead can can be great as well. You want to lead with the most important uh, stuff first. Uh, You want to get the who, what, when, where, and how right there in that initial sentence or paragraph, and then just provide supporting evidence. One of the things that I see people often overlook and is a great opportunity is to put a fascinating quote in there. So many quotes are written as an afterthought, and you got to realize that if you come up with a quote that is just rolls off the tongue or it's just really powerful, a journalist will not paraphrase it. And that's a great way to anchor you in a story. I've seen lots of stories where a managing editor looks at the article and says, this is a great article, but why'd you mention this unheard of company in here? And he crosses them out. And they were the inspiration for the story and they just got removed. But if there's a really compelling quote, they're gonna say, oh, I see why you wrote about this little unknown company because that's a fascinating quote. That's a really good quote. So they're not gonna ever pull you out of the story, but it, it does break my heart. We've had that happen more than once where someone comes up with this great idea, sends out the release, and then an article gets published just a few days later and you know that that's where it came from, but the company's not mentioned at all. And I always say, it's not a conspiracy it largely just went up the chain and got removed by a managing editor.
0: Yeah, it just got edited out. And and I heard somewhere also that when you're providing quotes or being interviewed, whether it's a press release or a live interview, or even in writing, like emailing back your interview answers, that the ones that get actually quoted the most are the ones that give the least generic, the least vanilla answer, something that's totally out of the box that not every other person being interviewed is saying. And, and to be really different and specific
1: so think- or contrarian or mm-hmm. just a elevate the conversation and include something that you may not think of initially, or may not be as obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that um, I'm always editing. I feel like in press releases and, you know, it, the CEO or wh- whoever's being quoted, a lot of times they're not even writing the quote. It's just being written for them. And it's very, because it's, and, and it's, it's generic because of that. It's safe. It's so safe that you're saying it's not going to get picked up because right. it's just safe. And then the, the CEO looks at it and says, okay, you know, that's approved instead of rewriting it. And like you said, like, making it super interesting or throwing a, a statistic in there or something like that. Sure. What are some other tips that you can share to get a better return on your investment with press releases?
1: I think one thing that we've had mixed results with, but when it's worked, it's worked really well is trying to analyze your industry for a blind spot. We had a local carpet company come to us years ago that's used us for several years now. And they're a local carpet company in New Jersey. They're doing nothing unique. I talked to them and told them I didn't think press releases was gonna be a good fit. I, I can't think of anything that's newsworthy. We, we talked about the obvious. They said, we've got a budget to do PR for a year. So I was like, okay. So five months into it, I stopped them and said, look, we've done five months, nothing has happened. We need to talk again. So we talked and I said, who's your enemy? And they said, it's the big box home improvement stores. And I said, well, that's interesting. Tell me a little bit more. And so they analyzed why Home Depot and Lowe's is just a bad place to get your carpet. The, the people that they use is just pickup contractors. You don't know who's coming into your house, what their track record is for good installations and, and carpets that la- don't need to be restretched every year and things like that. And they also said that the padding that they use is just really not good padding. And they 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 said that's the longevity of the carpet comes down to exceptional padding. And they said the carpet is fine, but it's the padding that they just skimp on. And so we did a release talking about them marketing as a local carpet company against the Goliaths of Home Depot and Lowe's. And uh, they got picked up in like 10 floor trade publications. We didn't realize there were that many when they came out. It was so strange. And uh, two of the publications ended up putting a marketing column in because they said, we didn't realize that our subscribers, which are just other local carpet companies, Nation wide are so interested in marketing. It wasn't something that was addressed in any of the publications. And uh, so that was a blind spot. We took a chance on it and did really well. We continued to do marketing releases subsequently, and they weren't as successful as the first one, but they continued to get a lot of pickup. And what they did, you want to talk about ROI is they put together a binder. They called it a brag book. And every time they went and gave a homeowner a quote inside their home, they would open it and show them we were picked up in floor covering weekly, this public this publication, and then they would say what they've always said, you know, we may not come in as the cheapest, but all of the people that install for us are salaried and they receive benefits and we know who they are. They often work for us many years and the quality of installation is is exceptional. And in addition to that, we use a superior padding that the big box home improvement stores doesn't use. And we really feel that that makes a, a difference on the longevity of your carpet. They said they've always said that, but after having the credibility that comes from all of these clips that more people must've believed it because their conversions went up almost 20% just by including that brag book. And so it made it so much easier for them having that collateral there going into someone's home and just making people feel I'm really comfortable with working with this company. They're recognized by so many people that obviously they're a great outfit. And that's someone that I want installing carpet in my home
0: that's a great great story of ROI i really love that and i love the keyword that you you just used credibility and that's one of the definite ROIs of PR is establishing credibility that advertising isn't going to get you authentic credibility and thought leadership like PR can. And that brings me to the next question, like a two-part question. So what do you recommend on frequency of press releases? And if we could talk a little bit also about SEO.
1: Right. So frequency really depends on what you have to announce. And so I I have a, a, a strategy masterclass I put together where I go through eight strategies Strategies that almost anyone can use. So if you're working with those, you can issue them as you have them, whether it's every couple of weeks or every month or two. When it comes outside of that, you want to issue releases when you have major milestones and newsworthy milestones. And for some people, that may be once a year, twice a year. It could be more frequent or less frequent. I don't think you should issue releases for the sake of issuing releases because you tend to do the releases that are the safe ones, the ones that don't move the needle very much. And you're just, basically allocating resources and time and energy to something that's not going to give you your biggest bang for your buck. So I, I always say if you have strategic ideas, issue them as often as you can. You know, monthly might be a, a really good idea for a small business just to make it manageable and to have some sort of deadline and things like that.
0: We're of the same mindset. What I tell clients when I'm consulting is that exactly that they have to have a str- strategic, newsworthy types of angles. And it's unbelievable how if you're with a brand, you think nothing is newsworthy. You think, well, that's not really newsworthy. But if you have some outsiders come in and kind of analyze or just give you feedback, like you'll, I could find like five newsworthy things a month for some of my clients that, you know, then they just need to like help prioritize what they think would be the most newsworthy for their audience. So I like to recommend once a month to do a paid distribution, but it has to be newsworthy. And that's also a way to consistently stay in front of your audience and the journalists and get indexed in Google once a month. I mean, right. that bringing us to the SEO question. And And, and what are your thoughts and tips on that?
1: From SEO, the, I I use the example of the the Pennsylvania local auto repair place. They had a new website, and they just weren't appearing in any of the searches locally. As soon as they got about ten auto industry trade publications to pick them up, the difference was in about ninety days they started to appear as the top search result for their local area auto auto repair and stuff like that. So, you know, when you get those strategic links from places that are high authority within your industry or newspapers and things like that, that really means a lot. And that sends a signal to Google that you're important. And the funny thing is Google will actually give you link credit when there's no URL. Google patented this years ago, and a lot of SEO people know it, that if you know New York Times publishes an article about e-releases, press releases, they can contextually tell that they're talking about me based on the keywords and the context of the story. And so I'll get credit as if there's a link from the New York times to me, even though there isn't. And so that's one of the really cool things about SEO that happens with press releases that are out there. That being said, when you issue a release, you want to be comfortable that it's optimized for SEO. So it'll show up in Google News and other places like that. And that's one of the reasons I like working with the Newswire because they follow the best practices for SEO and things like that. I know some people aren't happy that the links in these press releases are no follow links, but Google has asked that because they know that these releases are duplicate content content. And it just makes it easier for them to to differentiate that this is a press release and not an original article or something like that.
0: Right. And me seeing the back end, I always like to look at Google Analytics. And even though they are no follow links, you're still getting very high quality, very high quality referring traffic from these press releases because the people that are, are reading them are obviously targeted and interested and spending time then on, on your website wherever they're being directed to. So that's what I love about it. And I also always recommend to clients that they should pay the extra to include the visuals. The I think it's like $150 extra to have two visuals to help give them a little bit more impact. There's a lot of studies, I think PR Newswire was one of the studies that visuals help get more exposure, more visibility in search and, and also in social. So do you have any tips on the visuals?
1: Yeah, I, I say you always want to include images. Uh, you can do two images for free with us, but they get turned into links. The paying the additional for the embedding makes sure that on some syndicated sites that the image actually displays and is included within the 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 the, the actual article. And I, I say it's it's really important because we're becoming more visually aware as things migrate online. And I, I think that you want to include as, as much significant content as possible. I think that given the option of a logo and two compelling images, I would go with the two compelling images over your logo. Someone can always get that off their website or or something like that. One thing I've seen that's worked really well is infographics. Using a press release and having a really powerful infographic, I've I've seen that work really well for a couple of my customers where it really reached a life of its own out there having having that. So that's another thing to think about. Do you have an infographic? Is there something that you're releasing for which an infographic built on it would be really interesting? But that, that is a rabbit hole. And I Know that you can get really consumed with an infographic because they take so much time and energy and they can be really expensive for having a good designer come up with it. So I say just put two really great photos together. But if you are ever open to an infographic or you happen to have one that's handy, that might make some great collateral to include.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And, and infographics can be simple too, they don't have to be as complicated, but some of them are definitely very complicated. And but the investment pays off, you know. Well, Mickey, I really appreciate your time and can you? share with us a little bit about your course that you just launched and what so, people can expect from it?
1: Sure. I have a free a masterclass that talks about breaks down eight press release strategies that anyone can use depending on how non-newsworthy they feel they are to come up with a really compelling press release. And hopefully using that, you can come up with a PR campaign of several releases to give PR a try and see if it'll work for you. It's at .com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it's completely free. I'm trying to get my customers to to actually watch the thing, it's less than an hour so that they can start sending more compelling releases and get more media attention.
0: Awesome. Well, if you like this interview, definitely check out Mickey's course. And always e releases has all kinds of ebooks and your, your your email newsletter is also very good. And you also always have some sort of a special every once in a while that I always take advantage of. So definitely check out e-releases if you haven't. And Mickey, thank you so much for joining us in Social PR Secrets today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.